1: NY or text hope NY in New York. Oh, yeah. Jump bowling caught at the 21
2: yard line. Xavier Legat with back to back catches. And he's got the game packs inside the 25.
3: Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. Your local Honda superstore for motorcycles, ATVs, side-by-sides, scooters, and generators. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 1075 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence.
4: And welcome in Reaction Monday. In the bonus, he's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. A victorious night for the Gamecocks on Saturday night, picking up the 37-30 to 30 victory over Mississippi State and williams Bryce Stadium. And Colin, we expected this to be a competitive game. I don't think we expected the uh, four-quarter barn burner haymaker thrower that we ended up getting with... Nearly a 1,000 yards of combined offense between the two teams. Was
5: Spencer Rattler-Will Rogers the best QB matchup of Week 4?
4: Uh, from a statistical standpoint, absolutely. I mean, which other one was better? Uh, oh,
5: oh, hold on. Cade McNamara. Oh, my goodness. Drew
4: Well, one side of that was pretty good.
5: You, me, and Iowa combined together to get four first downs on Saturday.
4: Yeah, I, I think you and I have both traveled more distance between like where we're sitting in the studio yeah. now and the front door to our office Correct. than Iowa got on Saturday in the wide out against Penn State.
5: Yeah. Seventy South Carolina had two plays of seventy five yards. Iowa had seventy six yards
4: total. Yeah, so South Carolina's first drive was ninety eight yards. That yes. was almost that was twenty two yards more than Iowa got all of Saturday night. Let that sink in for a second. That's insane. Yes. That's I, I, wild to me. I, I think it's time that they make a change.
5: Well, the good news is, is that there's no prior relationship to the OC and the head coach, and then it's no, going to be really easy to...
4: There's no nepotism there, right? No, 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 no,
5: no. No, 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 no such thing exists.
4: Tr- well, we'll have plenty of time to make fun of Iowa and Brian Ferentz because we have four hours today yeah, but, to go. Uh, on no, a Reaction Monday, but again, Gamecocks picking up the win, 37-30 over Mississippi State on Saturday night. And again, when we looked at this game at the end of last week, going into it, on paper, this was a very even matchup. And again, Mississippi State hung in there the entire time. South Carolina never trailed in this game, and in a weird way, watching this game, like, I never really had the fear that they were going to fall behind if that makes sense right like I agree. they they controlled the game well now defense there's definitely some things we need to address on defense but like i never felt like south carolina was out of control in this game and anytime mississippi state scored guess what south carolina went back went down the field and scored themselves and and you know stayed ahead
5: the only time that i ever worried probably the too strong of a word cuz again i am not worried about any it's college football was how that first half ended and the first drive of the second half where it was like all right south carolina goes down Mm -hmm. dot 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 it was what a 13 place 75 yard drive they Mm -hmm. put together some drives in this game by the way and then you pull the muddle huddle and you're like okay well is that something that you should have done or should you have just gone out there and kicked the extra point to go up 21 14. then mississippi state goes ba 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 misses the field goal you get called for a legal formation they kick it now it's all of a sudden what 20 to 17 mm-hmm. and a half yep. and i'm like oh like that you had all the momentum mississippi state comes down and maybe not regains all of it but at least takes some of it away because that and go ahead
4: I no go finish what you're saying. Oh, uh,
5: and then the, I was like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden it was, boop. Xavier Leggett 75 yard bomb on the first play, and I was like, okay, they're I, as soon as that happened, I was like, they're winning this game.
4: If I see where you're coming from with that, if Mississippi State also got the ball right. to start the second half, I would have been concerned there because yeah, again, they getting the field goal right there at the last second of the uh, of the first half. But yeah, South Carolina left no doubts, and I, Xavier get man, he's leading the country in receiving yards right now, 556. He's got three touchdowns on the season. Like he and, and and like he and Rattler just have this amazing connection. And X wasn't even supposed to be wide receiver number one this year, and he is just balled out through these first four games.
5: South Carolina scoring on a drive concept with Xavier Legate essentially running a mesh route against a former ARA team feels mean. Yeah. For those uninitiated, drive isn't the same level of, like, for for drive, that concept. It's not mesh. It's not four verts. It's not halfback angle that air raid teams run six ways to Sunday. Mm-hmm. But it's still a concept they use pretty frequently, um, kind of a levels concept there. Uh, th- that's mean because that's, <laughs> that's one of those ones air raid teams use all the time. And, sure. They get caught up, and Xavier gets the underneath routes of there, and it was one of those things where you're like, okay, well, at some point, you know, he's turning into the teeth of the deep oh, and you're just watching him go, and you're like, there ain't no one catching him at this point. Yeah. Um.
4: Well, and and up to that point in the game, South Carolina hadn't really taken, I don't think, any deep shots down the field. No, that I can remember. I mean, you had some intermediate throws there, and obviously Xavier uh, had that. First touchdown that was well, that's uh, the one I was talking, like where it was just like yeah it was a crossing route and he just yeah. ended up you know his athleticism and speed took him all the way there yep. but that that one to start the second half was a bomb that,
5: that, that's the growth I forget who I was talking to yesterday but that's the growth in his game where he gets on campus and it's like oh well he can run like a gazelle and when he gets the ball in his hands. That's when he's dangerous. The right. problem was there were some drops in there. He just wasn't consistently getting open. He wasn't making the contested catches Catches you needed him to make. Saturday showed what he could be. He had, obviously, you get that little crosser route, that little drag, and he turns it up for 75 yards. But the one, first of all, dot by Spencer Rattler, like a dot. Then he makes a contested catch and pulls away. That's his well rounded game. That's a game where he is playing at the highest level possible. Um he's on pace and there will be a story on this on Game Cook Central. He's on pace to break the school's all time leading, all time passing or receiving yards record this year.
4: That doesn't surprise me.
5: On pace. He's on pace to finish second in receptions for a season and finish with he only needs about four hundred and forty-four more yards, if I'm doing my math correctly. Okay, to be the first thousand-yard receiver at South Carolina in a decade. Wow, in a decade. That is hard to do. For a program that has had some pretty doggone good receivers, um, he's having. He's on pace again. He is on pace to have. One of the best receiving and Spencer Rattler's on pace to have one of the best passing seasons in program
4: history. And obviously, you've been plugged into this program for a long time. Why has it taken Xavier get so long to blossom into this kind of receiver? Injuries to a part. Um, injuries to a part.
5: Even Pete Limbo said, you know, he gets here and he's struggling to adapt with how we practice, the culture we have. <clears throat> There's some stuff there. Uh, I think Dow Loggins has really helped him just accent some of his strengths and um, really kind of blossom into the player he's been. But, yeah, man, like, when you're healthy and you're confident and they're putting you in positions to succeed, it it's really impressive to watch him go to work. Really impressive to watch him go to work.
4: And, again, 556 yards through... Just four games a season, three touchdowns, and those 556 yards are leading the entire country right now. Um, And, again, he wasn't even expected to be wide receiver number one. Juice Wells was. And, you know, it it almost feels like, not to say you've forgotten about Juice Wells, but you haven't really noticed he's not there because Xavier Leguette has stepped up into that role.
5: That's one where the numbers might not be as, like, eye-poppingly good, but you go, man, what would this offense be? Right. Even though the offense, I don't think, it has been a problem through the first however many games. What what could this offense turn into with Juice? Now, we don't know when Juice is going to come back. Sure. Uh, with Juice, with Xavier, with Mario Anderson, who emerged on Saturday night. Like The skill group was supposed to be the strength of this team, and mm-hmm. it has been through the first four games. Spencer Rattler has been playing at an absolutely unreal level. And if you can... If you can block and protect him, he's going to make some plays for you because they have been that good from a, from a passing game standpoint so far this year.
4: Absolutely, and it seems like, you know, as expected, Juice WELL is going to be kind of a week-to-week thing, and uh, Coach Beamer sounded hopeful that maybe they'll get him back last night when talking on his teleconference, but that's something we're probably not going to know until maybe game day against Tennessee this later this week.
5: Yeah, and in reality, yes, you would love to have him for this Tennessee game. You have a bye week right after this. There's more time to get treatment, more time to do those things. It might just be smarter, even if he could play this weekend, which I'm not saying he absolutely can. Hey, give it another week at worst. Give it two more weeks, essentially. Get a breather, and then we'll reevaluate again going into Florida kind of thing. That was, That's how I would approach it. Yeah, that's probably the, the
4: best option. Yeah,
5: um, but we'll see. I think it'll be more of a week-to-week, uh, every-other-week-to-every-other-week kind of thing with Juice moving forward until he's either back or they've just said he's not playing again this season.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And again, Spencer Rattler on the other side of that, probably the best quarterback in the SEC right now. I mean, him and Jaden Daniels probably up there as number one and number two. But if you told me, and we talked about this on Friday at our Firehouse Subs, like if you definitively wanted to say Rattler is the standalone best quarterback in the SEC right now, I'm not going to argue with you very hard.
5: Did you see my tweet about his last three home games? I did not. His last three home games. So, Tennessee, Furman, in this past weekend, he is averaging 12.3 yards an attempt, completing 86.9% of his passes, and has thrown 12 touchdowns to zero interceptions. Is that good? It is not bad. His last... Seven games, so the final month of last season, and then the start to this year. So no regular season. I take Notre Dame out. Okay, he is completing seventy-two point seven percent of his passes. Really good. Uh, for two thousand three hundred eighty-five yards, an average of nine point three yards an attempt, eighteen touchdowns, to four interceptions. And the four interceptions have come two against the ACC champ last year in a win,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and another to the two-time reigning national champions
4: at Georgia. I think that's understandable.
5: Uh, in garbage time is not the right word, but late in the game when you're having to press sure. for the two Georgia ones. Um, yeah, like. Good. Like, legitimately a top 10
4: quarterback in the country right now, I think and, you can make the argument. And this is the Spencer Rattler that has always been there. Yes. But it's taken a while for him to emerge. And And I go back to, I was listening to him, uh, I think it was when he was on the Busting with the Boys podcast. Yeah. And he was just talking about the complexity of going from that Big 12 offense uh, with Lincoln Riley where, like, play calls were like two words mm-hmm. to, like, coming into the Marcus Satterfield type of very much pro style where you're having all these checks and reads and stuff like that where it just took a while to get used to that. And again, we saw him finally come into form a little bit at the end of last season and you're wondering, okay, was that a just a flash in the pan or is that something that's going to continue going forward? And now I think we can definitively say through four games it is here to stay. Twelfth
5: nationally, twelfth in completion percentage. The only quarterbacks better. J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Dylan Gabriel, Graham Mertz, Shadur Sanders, Jacob Zeno, shout out UAB, Tyler Van Dyke, Jay Lon Daniels, Michael Pinnix, uh, Cam Ward, and Caleb Williams. So Graham Mertz is the only quarterback in the SEC better completing passes against him than Spencer Rattlers. Just... We can continue this up next as well, but he is playing like a top 10 to 15 quarterback in the country right now,
4: truly. Right. Yeah, and, you know, I know this isn't the top concern right now, but maybe working his way higher and higher up with those draft boards. Yeah, and playing behind an offensive line that continues to improve as well. Absolutely. A lot, a lot of room for growth. Speaking of that, the running game finally 21, showed 21. itself on Saturday night. We'll talk a little bit about what we saw and how it uh, projects going forward. As In the Bonus Rolls on, he's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head. On Reaction Monday, you're on the game.
3: It's Reaction Monday.
4: Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse.
3: CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5
2: The Game in Florence. And Rattler's going to get under center on second and goal from the nine-yard line. Trips to the left side, Toss weak left side. Anderson with the cut back at the ten. Bounces off them of with the five, pushing with the pile. Touchdown. Are you yes, kidding sir. me? It, Touchdown, yes. Carolina! Touchdown, Mario Anderson, the first of his career, and it was a gut punch to MSU. The entire pile drove him from nine yards out the extra point could make it a 10-point game again. 37-27 with 9.36 to go in the
4: ballgame. Welcome back in. In the bonus, he is Colin Taylor. I'm Solid Head. On your reaction Monday morning, that, of course, was the call on the Gamecocks radio network as Mario Anderson punched in his first touchdown as a Gamecock against Mississippi State on Saturday night. You know, I was thinking about uh, this coming away from Saturday night's game. Do you know that meme I think it's like from an anime, and it's the guy like holding his hand under the butterfly, and yes. the meme format is this: insert whatever you want there. Yes, coming here from Saturday night, I was thinking like, is this what a competent running game looks like? <laughs> oh, that's my
5: Chris Berman, Mario Anderson <laughs> moment there. Um, a lot of bully ball, right? All bully ball, really. It was yeah, because again, South Carolina now has seven runs of eight or at least twelve yards and Spencer Rattler has six of them. So while not explosive, this is what it was supposed to look like. Sure. This is the run game. Again, you don't need a run game to be breaking eighteen tackles, Marshawn Lynch, uh, jumping into the end zone against the Saints, kind of play and I know what you're thinking because I'm thinking it
4: too. (laughs) Which Mario Anderson did cite Marshawn Lynch as one of his, like, inspirations as a running back. And I'm like, I I see it. I get it. Here are two stats that I think kind of
5: tell the story. Okay. Because when you look at, oh, it was 3.9 yards per carry, which is fine. Um, Here's the thing, though. Stuffed runs per... Game on paper, four. Only 9% of your runs got stopped at the line. Big difference. Or behind the line. Only four. Yeah. Stopped runs. Now, some of that was goal line stuff when it was short yardage or whatever. Stopped runs, 18, that's 42%. But opportunity runs, which are yards that gain at least four yards, 15 of 43 per game on paper. So, 35%. It's really good. Your success rate, and I'm throwing a lot of advanced-ish numbers at you, your success rate when running the football was 35%, which is the second best against a Power 5 competition. You were very successful. You... Now, you were you at a 50-whatever percent against Georgia, but you only did that 13 times. You did it 40-whatever now. Sure. Um, you had more successful runs against Mississippi State than you had runs total mm-hmm. against Georgia. That's what you need. You don't need to be this uber-explosive ground-and-pound whatever. You just need to be efficient enough
4: because then it opens up things for Spencer Rattler to go be Spencer Rattler. Here's what Mario Anderson had to say about his increased workload this past weekend.
5: Uh, The way I feel right now, I'm about to cramp a little. I'm not going to lie. But the workload, uh, it's just being able to compete and practice every day really hard. Um, We just push each other in the running back room and stuff. So the workload, um, that's just how we practice. Very physical. Coach Beamer is heavy on physicality and
4: everything. So the workload is just, it came natural. We talked about it last week. He had two carries against Georgia for nine yards one of those carries was for seven yards where he carried a lot of Georgia defenders because, again, bully ball, getting those extra couple yards, and there's a reason why people were clamoring for him to get more carries coming into this week's game, this past weekend's game against Mississippi State, because of that physical run style. Now, we had the concern about his... Pass protection, which I do still think that to carry on joiner is better when it comes to pass protection, but they saw enough from Mario Anderson through both last weekend as well as this weekend practice to have the confidence to give him the ball more. And again, 26 carries for eighty for eighty-eight yards and one touchdown. And it seems that, and no disrespect to to carry on joiner, this is probably your RB1 option going forward.
5: Correct. Um this is what you've needed. Like I keep going back to it. Like this is what you've needed when y- you just haven't had someone like this the last couple of years. Marshawn Lloyd, to a degree, he's not there anymore. Just an efficient runner. I mean, he averaged going back to it three point four yards an attempt. But when you look at his rushes, three yards, nine yards, three yards, two yards, three, five, five, one, zero, one, but six, seven, nine, two, three. He falls forward. This Mm -hmm. is the point I'm trying to make here for the most part. And leans on you, which is why you stuck with it. And I think that he's probably your starter moving forward, or at least even if he doesn't start, gets the majority of carries. Yeah, the bulk of carries. Right.
4: and I do think there's still a place for to carry on Joyner because he does have a better ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, which is still going to play a role in this offense, certainly. But as far as like running up the middle between the tackles, and it's no surprise here, Mario Anderson's been a natural running back for a whole lot longer than to carry on Joyner has been. And, you know, just that there's certain nuances to it, seeing the holes and finding the right spaces to hit and stuff like that, that Mario Anderson is just better at because again, he's a natural running back.
5: Yes. Um, yeah, like the a guy that's been playing the running back position for his entire life mm-hmm. versus a guy that's played...
4: Here, there, and everywhere.
5: Quarterback to wide receiver, back to quarterback, back to wide receiver, back to quarterback, back to wide receiver, to running back. Like, that's his progression. Yeah. And I think you shouldn't give up on him either
4: in a on joiner. No, again, he still has a role in this offense as a running back, just not what we initially thought it was going to be right um that's
5: the thing he can be a help in the passing game he can he did gash you a little bit too in the running game put up some good numbers had a long of seven but you just need more consistency from him. 10 yard or 10 attempts 24 yards with a long of seven um mm-hmm. Just not as as good as you'd like that to be with the fumble in there as well.
4: And again, with Mario Anderson's ability to play that bully ball, bowling ball type of running back, that right now when the offensive line is certainly getting better. They're still not opening up these wide, gaping holes that a Georgia or an Alabama is able to do. So you're going to need somebody with that physicality carrying the ball that's going to be able to get you those two, three, four extra yards every time they carry it. Because again, that's exactly what Mario Anderson did on Saturday night. He never broke freely into the second level of the defense like at all no and you
5: saw it late like he he wore on you and then all of a sudden you need a, a nine yard run or a seven yard run or whatever it is to get in the end zone mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he keeps his feet moving yep and bullies his way in. that's why you stick with it and um south carolina needs a back like that to separate himself to just wear on teams and am i saying mario anderson's gonna go out there and rush for a thousand yards probably not i think that's a fair assessment But he just gives you what you need from a rushing attack, which is take some of the pressure off of Spencer Rattler, open up some lanes, allow Rattler to throw into more favorable boxes because defenses have to then respect the run. Um, If you do that, then, yeah, you got a chance here to, to be more efficient offensively compared to what you have been. Just be more efficient.
4: Plenty of positives from the offense on Saturday night, finding a little bit of balance. Some concerns on the defensive side of things, though. We'll get to that coming up. You're listening to In The Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head on Reaction Monday here on The Game.
3: you're talking about. Sponsored by Love Chevrolet. On your home of the Gamecocks. In Columbia 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence.
2: It comes in motion to the right side. It's three that way. Rodgers looking that way. Escapes a couple of Gamecocks. Now trying to hold on and throw late and is picked off at the two yard line. Carolina's got it. They threw late to the end zone, but a leaping player, David Spaulding, makes the
4: catch. Welcome back in Reaction Monday. Colin and Tyler with you on In the Bonus. Of course, that was calling Gamecocks Radio Network. Second quarter, David Spaulding coming down with the interception in the red zone to give the uh, the ball back to the Gamecocks. We were talking about this in the press box when it happened. I thought this was going to get overturned because the way I understood it, if you go out of bounds, normally you can't be the first person to touch the ball again, but I, they ruled that he had reestablished himself back into the field of play so the interception was good. I didn't think he reestablished himself. That's either. what they said, and I didn't think so either because I mean, he immediately went from being out of bounds to catching this interception in right. about a second. Right. So I don't know where the line of reestablishing and not reestablishing is.
5: Right. That is a break South Carolina caught for sure. I don't think that you can deny that. They they're not going to complain about it and nor should you, but sometimes you have to kind of have plays like that in these close games to win it and um it was very it, weird. It, it was a weird weird sequence. It
4: was. It was probably it, the best defended play of the game though for South Carolina. Definitely so. Um between that and then later in the game when Strawn forced the fumble as Will Rogers was throwing the ball, I legitimately thought that one was going to get overturned. Yeah. Because I thought his hand was coming forward. They ended up ruling it in the favor of South Carolina again. You know, hindsight's that, twenty twenty, and you're going to take everything you can get. But, like, I, those are two calls that very much went South Carolina's way that could have gone the other way.
5: I agree. And the Strawn one on replay, the more you looked at it, the more you're like, okay, I can see why that would be a fumble.
4: Sure, and... The ruling on the field was a fumble. That helps. It, it was going to be hard to overturn, but yeah. if they did overturn it, I wouldn't have been like, oh, no, there's no way. I can't see that. Like, right. I was kind of leaning more towards not a fumble, but again, it ruling on the field stood.
5: Right, and South Carolina won that game, do not get me wrong. they sure. were, I think they were the better team from pretty much the jump. Uh, But I think if if those two were ruled opposite on the field. It would have changed a lot. Right. Like, opposite on the field, even before going to review, sure. I don't know if you can overturn it either way on both of those.
4: Now, coming into this game, Mississippi State's identity through three games had very much been Mm ground-based, as the air raid offense is definitely gone. Kevin Barbe is trying to go with more of a balanced type of offense, and that's what they've done through three games. Now, they got absolutely cooked by LSU last weekend, so it didn't really matter what their offense did, but... It looked like the air raid had returned on Saturday night as Will Rogers goes 30 of 48, 487 yards, just one touchdown, one interception, that won to David Spalding there, to Lou Griffin, seven receptions, 256 yards, and one touchdown. Yeah, Will Rogers is good.
5: Some of that was South Carolina being not great in coverage. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But there were a couple where he just like caught snap threw it up and it was like a perfectly placed dime
4: yeah and, and that's the thing too and i was joking about this with terry and a couple other people on saturday night it's like wow this real rogers guys he's got a good arm if yeah. only you had a style of offense built specifically around that kind of skill set right wild concept right yeah people
5: on our on twitter and on our message where we're getting upset that you know mississippi state you know how can they be throwing the ball constantly and it's like well well, Rogers, statistically speaking, compiler to a degree. Yeah. But, like, has a chance to break the all-time leading pass record at so, South
4: Carolina. He passed uh, David Green on Saturday night. He is now third on the all-time list. Aaron Murray, number one? Aaron Murray, number one. Um, his number, is, it, is Peyton Manning number two? We're going
5: to look it up. But to your point, Will Rogers very good at football.
4: Yeah, no, uh, without a
5: doubt. South Carolina had some plays to be made in the secondary and guys were like in position, but just didn't... Like, it was weird because they they were in position, like couldn't get their head around or didn't. And yeah, it was it was odd.
4: And I, I don't know if this was necessarily the strategy coming into it, but the fact that Mississippi State had run the ball so much this season, you know, I imagine the game plan was kind of expecting them to do a lot more of the same thing. And when you look at... The tape from Saturday, Eamon Wari was biting on the play action every single mm-hmm. time. And that was one of the many reasons why Tulo Griffin was able to get the space that he was able to get. Now, he just blew by D.Q. Smith on a couple of occasions, just purely being faster than him. But, yeah, Eamon Worry not being there or biting on, the pl- biting on the play fake from the safety spot just made that ten times worse because then he was a free runner at that point.
5: Yeah, that, that's kind of been an issue, Mississippi State's good, don't get me wrong, but yeah, and, like, a lot of those young guys had, like, they were in
4: position to Mm -hmm. make something happen and either couldn't or didn't get their head around fast enough. Well, there was one, I think it was the first long ball that he caught that even where I think was, like, looking at the sidelines, like, either was, didn't know what the play was or was confused on what was going on, and by the time he looked up, again, Griffin was already behind him.
5: Yeah, and Shane Beamer talked about this last night on his teleconference, like, those young guys, when we call press coverage, have to get their hands on a receiver mm-hmm. because then it it disrupts the entire timing of the play because the safeties are trying to do certain things and you know they have a little bit more free time or leeway when we they know it's press because they have a little bit more time to kill. There's an extra second there that way they can do something with it. But Tyler, it's trivia time.
4: Oh boy, Aaron,
5: I looked up all-time SEC leading passers. Okay. Who do you think has the most passing you know who has the most passing yards?
4: Yes. That's Aaron Murray.
5: Yes. Will Rogers is number
4: two. He's now number two. Or okay. No, no, no.
5: Will Rogers number three. Okay. Who is number two? Um played recently. His final year was two thousand and eighteen. Two thousand. He's an SEC East. SEC kind East. of quarterback. Wait a minute.
4: He said kind of. See, they kept they put the graphic up during the game a couple times. But you're,
5: yeah, it's so hard to actually watch the game on TV when you're there. Or like well, like, I went to. back
4: and watched it again last yeah. night, so this should have fresh on my mind, like, oh, man. Oh, 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 it's Drew Locke. It is Drew Locke. Now, the more interesting one. I appreciate the kind on that.
5: Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're SEC East-ish. Yeah, they're, um, don't ignore
4: the fact that they're in the Midwest, but whatever.
5: Yeah. South Carolina has... Three players inside the top fifty all time in yards and total yards in SEC games. Okay, who are they? Three so, in the top fifty, or so, top
4: forty? But in in a game itself? No, uh, overall. Overall. Oh, so overall passing yards in yes, SEC history in SEC history. Top um, three in the top forty. Todd, oh, so Todd Ellis.
5: Todd Ellis was not an SEC quarterback. Oh, that's right. Quarterback when before they joined the conference.
4: Oh, that's good. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's good. Um uh Connor Shaw? No. No. Mm. Um, Connor
5: Shaw I don't believe is even in the top 100. Or at least the top 94. S- no, no, he's 70th. Sorry. 70th. Okay. 70th all
4: time. Steven Garcia.
5: Steven Garcia is number 37 overall with 37. 7,900 and Seven
4: thousand five hundred ninety-seven. Oh gosh, I am trying to think of quarterbacks that played for a very long time at South Carolina.
5: One, one was supposed to be a senior in high school. One was supposed to be a senior in high school. Play recently, he was Champ's defining quarterback.
4: <laughs> Muschamp had a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah, it's fair.
5: Um, Ooh, they got. There are people screaming into their radio. They right
4: probably now. are. I am so sorry. Go ahead, Jake Bentley. Ah, Jake Bentley.
5: Dang it. There's one more who was is, is 25th all-time.
4: 25th all time. What's the year? What, give me a time frame here. He
5: quarterback from 92 to
4: 95. South Carolina's first SEC quarterback. Oh, man. I'm not going to get this one. Steve Tannehill. Ah,
5: okay. Yep. Steve Tannehill. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. You're welcome. We well, learned something today.
4: It, it's crazy. When you look back through South Carolina's history of quarterbacks, specifically since they've been in the SEC, like... There's been a lot of it, – it's been fewer and far between for, like, established multiple, multiple-year starters. Yes. Um,
5: did you know that Connor Shaw is 70th all-time in career passing yards but 18th in career yards per attempt? I did not know that. Sometimes. Now I do. We learned something today together. Wow. Learning everything. Yeah. it's And it's, it's odd because, like, you go back, South Carolina, since Connor Shaw left – his final year was 2013. Mm-hmm. this is only spencer rattler is only the second quarterback to come in as the surefire starter in back-to-back seasons yeah sounds and jake about bentley right. the other one sounds about um, right because i mean dylan thompson had the one year in 14.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: if i'm doing my math then it was connor mitch lawrence and it was bad in 2015. 2016 perry earth starts the year there's brandon McIlwain. then there's jake bentley and then 17's Bentley, 18's Bentley, 19 would have been Bentley, but then that's Ryan Helensky. Then you go Helensky, Colin Hill. Then 21, it's the Zeb Nolan, Jason Brown, Luke Doty experience. Then 22, obviously Rattler, 23, obviously Rattler. So the first time in a decade that South Carolina's had a multi year
4: starter. Shout out to Zeb Nolan's dad, Coach Nolan, out at Oconee County High School in Watkinsville, Georgia. Hey, shouts. Uh, but yes, consistency
5: at the quarterback program. Right. Is not something that South Carolina's had a ton of. Right. In the Connor Shaw days, uh, so, since the Connor days. So um, it's been nice to have somebody in back to back years. Good. Um,
4: like putting up numbers, good. Absolutely. And we certainly expect uh, Spencer Rowler to do that as the season goes along. Speaking of the season going along, what does this win mean for the Gamecocks for the rest of 2023? We'll talk about that coming up. You're listening to In the Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. That's all I had here on the game. Here's what's coming up on the game. Catch the love show.
3: It's Reaction Monday. Sponsored by Carolina Honda Powerhouse. CarolinaHonda.com. Your home of the Gamecocks in the Midlands. 107.5 The Game. Also heard on the Grand Strand at 100.3 The Game. And in the PD at 100.5 The Game in Florence.
2: From 35 yards out. Almost in the middle of the field. Try to go to up by three. Jeter punches through towards that. Student section and they like it. It's good. So a Gamecock drive now stalls out, causing a field goal. And with 12:35 remaining in the ball game, they take the lead again. Welcome back in
4: in the bonus. Colin Taylor, Tyler Head, reaction Monday. Todd Ellis on the call. Mitch Jeter getting the field goal. Well, uh, three of the 37 points that South Carolina scored en route to their victory over Mississippi State on Saturday night. Still waiting for that special teams touchdown, which has yet to happen this season. You know what that means, Colin. Saturday night against Tennessee, $500 up for grabs if South Carolina can score a special teams touchdown with the Lawyer Lisa special teams touchdown contest. Go over 1075 game.com this week and register again. You have to register each and every week for your opportunity to win. And if South Carolina can score That special teams touchdown. Somebody's going to win $500 come Monday morning when Bill and Preston announce a winner live on the air on the early game. Uh, With this win on Saturday night, South Carolina improves to 2-2 and on the season. We talked about, you hate to say must win, but Saturday night definitely felt like a must win for how things project out to the rest of the season. You look at these next three weeks, and now we'll certainly get into the specifics of Tennessee more as the week goes along. A ranked Tennessee team, a ranked Florida team, and now a ranked Missouri team that is currently 4-0 on the season. Like, this next couple of slate of games, not to mention A&M after that, just got a whole lot tougher. But all winnable, too. Yes. Uh, I think
5: you've seen a lot of really, really good things from South Carolina the last two weeks especially against FBS opponents. Now it's about building on that and and tailoring a game plan to it, and plenty to clean up as well. But I think you feel if you're Shane Beamer, you feel pretty good about where you are right now in a in a vacuum of what you were three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at the Massey ratings, not optimistic about Tennessee, twenty five percent chance. 48 against Florida, a 50% chance to beat Missouri, 27 against A&M. They have, excluding Tennessee, coming out of the bye week, a 45 or better percent chance to win in five of their next six games. Very winnable stretch here, and it's probably going to determine whether or not not only you go to a bowl, but what bowl you go to um, if you're South Carolina moving forward because um, a lot of really good things but a lot of glaring things that need to get cleaned up because you're playing better teams moving forward as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. But again, it's, it's, I don't want to say night and day, but a significant amount of steps since week number one against North Carolina, where again, you're giving up nine sacks. I mean, they've cleaned that up. You know, exponentially. And yes, you had, did have a couple times on Saturday night where Spencer Rattler did get sacked, but even he will tell you that he stepped into yeah. a couple of those, and some of those are on him. So the, the offensive line's got a whole lot better. You finally kind of settled in on who that starting five, for the most part, are going to be. I know uh, they, they rotated in uh, um, Bond Moore at the right. Guard spot, if I remember yes. correctly, on Saturday night, that was the only place that really yeah. saw. And Moore was kind of banged up at some points too. Yeah, because yeah, um, because you would assume that you would move him out to tackle. right tackle because Wanamaker was the one actually starting at right tackle on Saturday. But again, everybody did a fine job keeping Spencer Rattler upright, and obviously got some good push up front uh, to get they got the running game going for the first time all season. So a lot of optimism there. Now again, the. Defense, a uh, little, little Jekyll and Hyde. The, the defensive front certainly played great on Saturday night. Secondary, not so much. And, and when you talk about going up against like a Joe Milton this upcoming weekend, that secondary is definitely going to need to improve because um, Tennessee is going to attempt to, to attack you down the field. Do you know how many pressures the offensive line gave up? Saturday? Uh, not a whole lot. Three. Yeah. Three. That's what you want. Yeah,
5: absolutely. And- If you're South Carolina, yeah, the coverage is not great. But what I will say, the front seven's playing pretty doggone good
4: right now. Yeah, they are. And, uh, you know, Boogie getting there, getting sack, um, pass deflection. Tonka got his hand up on one, if I remember. Um, Yeah, that front's really playing well. Obviously, we've talked about the linebackers. You know, only concern there is obviously the depth. You don't want Debo Williams playing 80 snaps a game. Uh, week in, week out, so still some concern in the air. But, yeah, the the front seven doing, doing a really good job.
5: A havoc rate overall of 27% compared to... It was 10% through the first three games, and you had a 20% havoc rate Saturday night. Creating disruptive plays, doing the things you need to do to win games from a front four, front seven perspective. Now the next step is... Getting rush and pressure with just four, right? Instead of having to blitz, because teams like Tennessee and whatnot are really going to make you pay for that uh, uh, over the course of a, a four-quarter four game. Yeah,
4: absolutely. So again, Gamecocks sitting at two and two now, setting their sights on going to Neyland Stadium on Saturday night at seven thirty, and oh boy, you know, Vol Nation is going to be. Rowdy and uh, out for blood after what happened here at Williams Stadium last fall. It's gonna be an entertaining game, but you know, not one that I, I don't think South Carolina has a good chance in. Very winnable,
5: yes. Um, whoo, they're out for blood. They are out oh, for yeah. blood up there. So it's hey. gonna be it's gonna be a very hostile but fun trip up to Knoxville this weekend.
4: Absolutely. And we'll talk plenty more about Tennessee as the week goes along, but it is reaction Monday coming up myself and Wes Mitchell. We'll continue to react to what we saw on Saturday night at Williams-Brice Stadium. You've been listening to In The Bonus. He's Colin Taylor. I'm Tyler Head here on The Game.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3
1: and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.